what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Foot Candle Films. Film news and reviews from two guys who really like movies. This episode is brought to you by the Foot Candle Film Society. For a schedule of upcoming screenings and membership information, visit the Society's website at www.footcandle.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Foot Candle Films here on the Mesh.tv podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson. With me is Chris Fry. We are with the Foot Candle Film Society and the annual Foot Candle Film Festival. And Chris, how are you doing? I am doing well. I'm enjoying 2024 so far. Knock on wood. It started well, so hopefully it will continue to be awesome. Great. This is our little banter we do. That's, like, <laughs> yeah. that's the extent of our banter, banter yeah, that, we do at the beginning it. of our show. It's just, how are you doing? <laughs> doing fine. Good. Let's get started. Okay, great. Uh, Chris and I work together. We see each other all the time. So really, the banter has really nothing to add to our conversation anymore. Uh, let's just get to talking about movies. That's sure. what we're going to do anyway. Today's show, we do have a review to share with you. A review of the latest film going straight to Hulu, Hulu premiere film, starring, written, and directed by Jake Johnson. It is the film Self-Reliance. We'll be discussing that film in just a moment. After that review, we will also be sharing with you a couple, uh, one or two news items of interesting filmmaking news. Uh, so one in p- project in particular I've been made aware of that I'm curious about, and I want to hear your thoughts, Chris, about this film that's been announced and has started casting. But also, I've got a trailer to show of a film that will be coming to Netflix here very, very soon. It's a follow-up on a film we talked about uh, maybe a month or so ago we teased briefly we're actually going to listen to the full trailer and analyze our thoughts on this film from that trailer. Okay. And then I think, Chris, you also have a, a recommendation of a film that you'd like to share with us at the end of the episode too, right? Absolutely. Right. Chris watches a lot of movies, so it, we, <laughs> he's got a lot of recommendations to share, which is great. Always some good ones. So we'll do that at the end of the episode. But in the meantime, let's go ahead and get into our main review, which is the film Self-Reliance. Hi. Are you the actor Andy Samberg? I am. I'm a big fan, man. Oh, thank you very much. Hey, I got a question for you. You want to get in? Thomas Walcott, single, no children, no dependents. Job is network management, physically fit. (laughs) Guess they're not too strict (laughs) about that one. I'm joking. (laughs) Kind of serious, though. You have been selected to partake in the biggest reality show in the dark web. There will be people trying to kill you, the hunters. What are you talking about? There's people trying to murder me? Actor-writer Jake Johnson's directorial debut, Self-Reliance, tells the story of Tommy, a down-in-his-luck guy who's given the opportunity to participate in a life-or-death reality game show for a million dollars. Johnson, a star in indie films like Digging for Fire and Drinking Buddies, is probably best known for his time on the sitcom New Girl, or maybe as the voice of Peter Parker in the Spider-Verse films. What do you make of self-reliance, Alan, and do you think Johnson makes for a reliable, reliant, or whatever, director? No. <laughs> All right, and scene. No. I, oh God. Well, okay, Chris, I think this was my... I think I brought this film up, you know, as a, we, 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 we watched the trailer, trailer? Okay. we yeah. did. And I was the one bringing this up as, Hey, this is, I'm kind of excited. This is, looks like it'd be, be a fun film. And you heard it was a lonely Island production and, and mm-hmm. all that. So I know you got a little excited about it as well. I did. Uh, I'm anxious to hear your thoughts, but I'm here to say, ah, yeah, this, this did not work for me. Oh, really? At all? Not really. Wow. At all. Okay. It's, it's a it's a film. The film is for me is very very cobbled together just to try to make a very flimsy premise work. Okay, high concept that doesn't really want to commit to the high concept. I felt the actors were just kind of writing themselves to get to a certain line or certain quick quirky moment they wanted to have on screen. So I felt like it had some funny moments once in a blue moon, but overall I found it. Kind of boring. 
I didn't really buy the characters. I did not buy the premise. I didn't find it interesting. I was well more disappointed because I do think Jake Johnson's a real talented guy, but this has got some doubts for me about since he wrote and directed this. I'm like, well, don't know how I feel about that. Maybe he just needs to stick to voicing Spider-Man and getting on another sitcom or something. I, I don't know. So I, I was overall disappointed because I was looking forward to this. I had high expectations, but I just don't feel like it worked at all. I can go into more details in a little bit, but that's me in a nutshell. Chris, I want to hear your thoughts so on this. So my response to that would be, and I know you watched Saturday Night Live in the 90s. Um, you're familiar with some of the bits that John Lovitz would do. Yes. Um, I would just say, lower your standards. <laughs> um, mm, I yeah. think, probably I guess, a, and here's the, the thing. This this film you mentioned in your brief intro that it is, was a direct-to-Hulu streaming film. And going in, I, I knew that. So I hadn't paid, you know, $12 at the multiplex and it was his first film. You know, we mentioned known, known mainly as an actor and does some writing as well. I, the film, yeah, I, I agree with what you said cobbled together yet yeah, has this concept of, you know, the reality game show that's life or death. Okay. And does it lean into it as much as it probably should no, like you, I was actually expecting some more like action scenes of like having to fit, but I mean, is Jake Johnson an action star? Well, no. <laughs> um, so I guess it was, it was actually exactly what I thought it would be. Did I want it to be better? Sure. Um, it is, I think what it makes me think of is another film that was actually, I believe also a Lonely Island production, but starred Andy Samberg and Palm Springs. And it was kind of like a right. relationship mm-hmm. thing where it was two people and it kind of centered around them and kind of how they yeah, decided to quirky, handle things. But high concepts kind of, uh, yeah, premise to basically give them reasons for these two people to kind of develop a relationship. Because yeah. one of the things that's revealed in the trailer, which we showed or talked about a couple episodes ago, but yeah, the whole thing is Jake Johnson's character, Tommy, figures out that kind of a loophole in this whole thing is you cannot be killed if you are in the company of other people. Now, as I mentioned, he's kind of a down on his luck guy. He just left a relationship or he left a relationship and is kind of, you know, a loser or whatever, lives in his mom's house and his family kind of gets irritated with him and doesn't want to be around him. So the challenge is how can he have people around him when, you know, people get irritated by him? So you know, there's a premise there. He, Anna Kendrick, um, comes in and she's around him for a little bit. And I kind of like their interplay back and forth. And, um, but I mean, yeah, it, it could have been better, but it worked just enough for me. So I guess I'll spend this review kind of, not that I'm putting it up on a pedestal, but for me, it's, it's kind of the definition of a three star film on a scale of one to five, mm. you know, it's, it's a three. I found enough enjoyment in it. There were, I did laugh at some parts could it have had more jokes? Absolutely. Um, but it worked just enough. Um, I mentioned how I, I liked Andrew Kendrick and I will, to your point, when she disappears, which she does, mm-hmm. she comes, she's there, but she disappears. I felt like the film really felt her loss because I, a part of the film for me was kind of the interplay between, and I guess a more typical type film is you have kind of like Palm Springs had, the relationship between like a lead lady and a lead man and kind of their banter back and forth. And when she disappears, I was like, Ugh. and I really felt from that portion to the conclusion of the film, I really felt her absence. Um, I will say that. And I, because of the story and what the reasons for her, you know, I understand why. And it was kind of a unexpected, interesting thing that happened. Um, but I will say, yeah, I, I felt her absence. So uh, I'll throw it back to you. <laughs> right. I, 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 and again, I really wanted to like this film and, and it just, <laughs> sure. I, I've become so wary of comedies where I just feel like, I feel like, again, the film's written to hit certain moments and hit certain lines that obviously the people, the writers or the actors really want to deliver. Sure. And, but yet, the setup and the rationale for getting there hardly ever makes sense. A lot of times in these, in these lesser than comedies. And then you take a comedy that's got a high concept like this one, which I love my high concept movies. I really, really do. But you know, if you're going to have the concept, let's commit to the concept and let's kind of work around it and not just write as 
scenes to be as slapped together as possible just so we, we want to have this encounter with this odd character in this hallway. And to do that, we have to have these things happen. It's like, okay, well, yeah, but nothing makes sense. <laughs> nothing makes sense. Why? Well, and, 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 and it'd be different if, okay, like, you know, uh, Anchorman, you know, the, the Will Ferrell movie. Yes. One of my favorite comedies from the last 15 years or however long it's been out. And look, I get it. It's a flimsy plot. It's, it's really to get you from one funny scene to the next, but those scenes are hilarious. Mm. So I'm okay riding along in the plot to get to that next really hilarious scene. This movie is like nothing really worked from a big humor standpoint. I will say the funniest moments in the whole film uh, was Andy Samberg's moments in the film. To me, his okay. appearance twice was really funny and yes. it got me actually I love the movie the way the movie did start because it basically is a, a montage and he plays himself he does Andy play himself. Plays I mean himself. the whole movie starts with a montage of the Jake Johnson character give us a quick insight as to who we are we figure out who he is within the first 30 seconds of this montage and then it goes right into the plot and I'm like cool and it's Andy Samberg kind of delivering the plot I loved it the whole scene I'm like I'm super excited this is really good and then it just never never matched that that level of comedy or intrigue. Mm. It's like that, that scene okay. with Andy Sandberg was not only was it funny the way it was delivered, but it also set up a really like, okay, mysterious premise. Mm -hmm. But then we, when we get to the premise is like, okay, so this is the deal kind of a letdown. It's not anything more than what we thought. And, and it really petered out by the end when it got to the ending. It's just like, yeah, it's that that was the deal and we're done and everything, everybody goes home. I, I just, it, 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 it lost a lot of opportunities for me to make this funnier yeah. and or more interesting. And it just didn't work on either level for me. Anna Kendrick, look, I love Anna Kendrick. I think she's really good, talented actress, but this was Anna Kendrick like on screen. I mean, it was <laughs> Anna, just like Jake Johnson, Later in the film was Jake Johnson. Right. On it's not a character again, stretch for either one. Na for no. neither of them. And the line delivery was between them. I, there was some moments of some good banter, but I felt like so much of it was so forced. It's like, oh, we, we have to have this funny line. We have to have this funny line. So let's just force it into our dialogue because that's what we do. And I, I get so tired of comedies that try to do that and, and just try to play to the punchlines instead of, developing a really funny situation on its own. And I just never got there. Plus you take this premise of, you know, he's supposed to be, you know, the whole concept is he, people are going to be trying. It's a game. He is going to be chased by hunters and these hunters. Oh, the production ninjas. Okay. That was funny. Also, that little funny. Mo moment was funny. There are a couple moments of that. That was funny. Production ninjas are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I don't understand if you really think too hard about oh. why and how and what it means for the story, it, it really and fell I apart. I, but I think to the film's yeah. credit, they're not trying, like they know they're in a comedy. They know they're making a comedy. That's why I guess. But I didn't feel like they the knew they were in benefit. enough of a comedy. I mean, Maybe. they had moments of comedy, but then the rest of the film, it's like, oh no, no, I, oh, that's right. We actually have a plot we need to get to and let's, let's do the plot. But then the plot didn't really make sense the way they played it out. You know, even this whole premise of, okay, I, again, you've stated the synopsis. I mean, he can't be attacked if he's uh, with someone. Right. So even that, it's a little little loose on the definition. I get it. Okay. Uh, at one point, they said it got to be within striking distance. But yet, okay. <laughs> to me, that means like within two, three feet of somebody. Sure. That wasn't the case. I mean, there's many times he's kind of by himself and doesn't nobody seems to care or notice or pay attention. It just, it, I didn't really feel like the, the concept was really committed to. Again, it just felt like it was all, we want to get to this funny bit. The introduction of, uh, is it James? Oh, the are you talking guy? about who's apparently his real name, his actor name is Biff Whiff? It's One really, of my favorite things about the yeah. film was Biff Whiff no, as James. Look, and again, <laughs> that concept, funny. Yes. Once it started, I'm like, oh, okay. I like where this film's going now. But again, it once it got started, it's like it didn't really know what to do with it and never really did anything else funny with it. So it's like, okay. I, it was just a big disappointment for me, this film overall. And uh, real disappointing because I like all the people involved. Uh, I liked the concept. I liked everything. 
it just it just didn't know how to commit to any of it. And um, and I felt like the laughs were not enough and big enough laughs to really sustain it. So if if you're if you're not going to be able to pull through that that high concept plot and make that intriguing, and you're not going to be able to give me anything really f- that terribly funny to respond to, then I'm I'm kind of checked out. So wow. yeah, that's where I am. Well, yeah. I I guess I I hear I can't disagree with any of the things you're saying because I think they're all accurate. I feel like, you know, this is kind of a, a shaggy independent comedy, indie comedy type thing. Um, I feel like, I guess I was, I'm a little more lenient to it, I guess, because I don't know, I was in a good mood when I watched it, but also I feel it's the thing that I can see potential where maybe it's like one or two rewrites away from being really good. And so that's the thing is I think like there's something there, there is the high concept and no, it, it is flawed, and some of the things do feel kind of janky or kind of jagged, and it's kind of a shaggy film. But I feel like, you know, maybe in a, another directorial effort that he decides to do, he's got good ideas. It just needs to be honed a little more. So I, I look forward to seeing, hopefully he'll, I mean, obviously he's going to continue to act. I would like to see, like, what he would decide to do for his next project. Because I think, yeah, this may have been a rewrite or two away from being, like, Strong, and I'll say too another another strong point. I'll give it to Andy Samberg. He was funny in it, and um, I think they used him the exact right amount. Because yeah, yeah, if he was in it more, it could have made it funnier. But they're like, no, we're going to use him, and he plays himself. And the way he, the version of himself that he showed on the screen, I thought was awesome. It was like you know hinting at real personality, but probably also tweaked here and there to not yeah. be the real Andy Sandberg. So. Yeah, use just the right amount. That was a good decision. I thought Biff Whiff <laughs> as James. I thought that was also cleverly done. Could have could have been tooled a little bit better to be more integral, like you're saying. But uh, well, yeah, and, and one or two rewrites away from being a really and, good and movie. Even with Biff Whiff, which again, <laughs> I mean, James, amazing the, name. Biff Whiff. I loved it, but it's like even that premise didn't really hold up. It's like okay, so again, I'm getting very nitpicky here, but just yeah. this is an example. So, you know, uh, our main character gets this great, good idea of, hey, look, here's a homeless guy who, if I just offer to give him food and place to stay and all that, and he just has to shadow me, that's how I win the game. Like, yeah, perfect. That's even in the trailer. He kind of like tips his hand, like he's going to have this homeless guy shadow him. Right. Kind of freaking out his family, the rest yes. of his family members that he does this. But then it's like, but then he still goes out to meet someone else he feels like is also playing the game and is then trying to work out a deal with them to be able to be, to, which has to drive the rest of the plot. These two characters have to develop a relationship. Right. I'm like, okay, but you got, you got James. That's the game. You won the, you won the <laughs> game. Why does this have to happen? It's like, other than, well, that's what has to happen because that's the movie. We got to get to this relationship. I'm like, okay, again, I just, it was stitched together. This is what we, we want to get to this beat. We want to get to this scene. We want to get to this moment. And so here's the way we'll stitch it together and make it happen. And it's like, uh, just disappointing. Just disappointing. And, and unfortunately, this is the case with a lot of independent comedies. Sure. It's, I think somewhere they had some good lines written down that they want to incorporate into a film. They've got a decent concept for a film, but they don't know how to make it into a cohesive story where there's characters and it's characters you're really intrigued by and you want to follow and there's a concept or a plot or a device that you really are interested in and you're able to layer it in with a lot of great humor along the way and this just didn't hit any of those marks for me on a consistent basis so yeah Uh, you know if we're gonna you know so i've just been spewing all positive about the film probably you've just been countering for me probably coming off as if i'm giving it five stars but you know i've acknowledged the flaws i'll say if if we're gonna nitpick i will say something that did bother me you mentioned the concept about not being able to be left alone um and one too many times in the film he, it was something as simple as I don't mind. They, they show you, I think it was 30 days that mm-hmm. he has. Yeah. Okay. So the flashing up on the screen of like the, the stylized, like day one, day two, all that didn't bother me. And I think that's yeah. necessary to sure, show progression. That so that wasn't my problem. But what did bother me is how many times after that day thing, it would show him waking up by himself. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, by this time, you should have some safeguard for not waking up alone. Yes. And I granted the reason that had to happen was because it moved the plot forward with exactly. why he was alone at that particular point. Right. But 
one too many times that happened. I'm yes. like, okay, that, well, so that that did irritate me. But there again, it was a comedy, and I could see how it was kind of loose at the seams. So I just kind of not forgave it, but I just kind of ignored it. I guess. Yeah, it, 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 that's the kind of things that just fell apart for me too. Sure, there's there's a, a scene towards the end where uh, Tommy, uh, the Jake Johnson character, is looking for Biff Whiff James, <laughs> and it's a whole sequence of he's not really around anybody. I'm like. And this is like day 20 something. I'm like, he would have figured this out. By dude. Now. Cause like, it's supposed to be life or death. Yes. So, I'm yeah. like, this is, uh, yeah. And it's just, again, well, the, the plot didn't work in their favor to where they could have it, where he's next to somebody. So let's just move forward. And I'm like, you know, commit to the concept, layer in more humor, not forced humor. Um, like, you know, there's a conversation in a hallway with, a a gentleman outside of a hotel room, Mario, Yes. <laughs> Which again, that was a perfect example where I just felt like, okay, they wanted to do this scene. They wanted to have this guy dress this way. They want to make comments and cracks about this. They're looking forward to this scene right. to make these jokes. And like, but nothing about that scene made any sense. It's like, or you needed more instances of something like that. Yes. Kind of the, cause that was kind of a lunacy. Yeah. Kind of a, like, do you really believe something? But like, if they had more instances of that, then right. you would have bought it more. If like we're supposed been, to yeah. be, experiencing these random odd characters that are all part of this game, right? which they gave us hints of those at the very end. Yeah. But it's kind like, of a rushed. Okay. But yeah, that would have been funnier right. to actually experience those throughout the film. But it's almost like, well, no, the only time we really had a funny dialogue we wanted to write for was the one, the Mario guy <laughs> on the hallway. So <laughs> let's use that scene. It's like, yeah, just, that was the whole, Shaggy is a good word for it. It just definitely did not hold up as a complete picture, complete film. You know, the thing is normally films like this, I'd look forward to like having in the background sometime in the future and just be able to watch parts of it and laugh at moments of it. And unfortunately I just, I can't really think of anything here that I would say, yeah, I'm looking for, I'd like to see that scene again, or I'd like to see that moment or any, no, nothing, just nothing worked. Hmm. I felt the family members of Tommy were, Again, painted very, very stereotypically to be one, one dimensional. You could have had so much more humor with those scenes, but instead they played it for the, I thought the most boring way possible that they could have. And it's just, it was disappointing. So yeah, it's not a three star for me. I'm, I'm, I'm in that two star range. I refuse to give this film a one star because to me, that's like, that is people who don't know how to make a film at all. Okay. (laughs) This to You're me, reserving that for like the room. <laughs> yeah. There's something here where at least there is a semblance of a film. And okay. you know, I will say Andy Sandberg was funny. I thought the concept with the, uh, with, uh, uh, James, the homeless guy was funny. Mm-hmm. There are a couple other line reads and moments that I chuckled and thought were funny. So for that bare reason, and because I like Jake Johnson, I like Anna Kendrick, I'll give it two stars, but that's all I can do. Yeah, so I'm more of, you know, kind of for the reasons we've I've already stated, you know, kind of in the three category. And I'll say I see enough promise for him as a writer, director, actor that I am looking forward to like what he would do Maybe next. director and actor. I mean, actor for sure. We know him as an actor. And I think directorial, it looked good. I mean, the film seemed to flow. It's the script. Direct- was, it's the script. It was well, all scripting. I'll say, you know, something, another moment that is not a comedic moment, which in comedies, that's what you look for. How many moments were there that were good that made you laugh, which I found enough here. Could have been more. But, um there's a scene that gives you a little bit of backstory between a former girlfriend partner of Jake Johnson's or Tommy. And it's uh, Natalie, Mor- Natalie Morales plays, I guess, Teresa, which was like a former um, flame of his or whatever. And that's the one that has kind of dumped him or whatever. And that causes him to this spiral that he's currently in when we start the film. And there's a scene of them kind of talking on the front porch or whatever. And I thought that was, there again, I felt like it was well handled because it was enough to give you background. And then where that, the resolution of that relationship, it could have been more Hollywood, but wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there, there was enough here, but I can totally see people's complaints. Yeah. So. Just disappointing for me. Sure. Uh, that's the biggest takeaway for me. So, um, which is a shame cause I was looking forward to having a nice light comedy and, you know, and I liked all the actors involved, but just, um, just didn't work. Just didn't work. <laughs> sure. Definitely not at the level of we've seen other uh, Lonely Island production uh, films 
or produced films. That's that was a big disappointment for me as well to kind of see their their logo and name attached. And generally, I'm I'm a fan of a lot of their work, so this one left me wanting. Gotcha. So. All right. Well, that is self-reliance. It is on Hulu. Hey, look, I'll give it uh, another reason. I think I gave it two stars. It's an hour and 25 minutes. It's yeah, it's it got a pretty trim, brisk. trim run it time. It was a pretty brisk. So I'll give it that. That's good. Right. It, they fit a whole story into under 90 minutes. So that worked as, uh, on that level. But, um, but that's all I can give it for that. So self-reliance is on Hulu. If you have a Hulu subscription, you can watch it now at any point you'd like. And uh, Chris was a little higher on it than me, but both of us, I found it lacking to some degree. So, uh, all right, Chris, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I've got news trailer and you have a recommendation to share. So we'll get right into all of that. When we return, you're listening to foot candle films here on the mesh TV. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. Welcome back to Foot Candle Films here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. Alan and Chris with you here. We just had our review of the Hulu film Self-Reliance. Um, yeah, so go back and play that if you <laughs> missed it. Uh, that was our review of that film. Uh, but let's move on to some news. Uh, I do have one news item I want to share with you, Chris. Don't know how much... You're aware of this project. Um, I wasn't aware of it until today. Okay. Uh, and curious your thoughts on it. So video game movies. Mm. With the exception of last year's Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, Super- I don't know of one that I've seen that I've liked. Granted, I don't run out and see a lot of video game movies usually. Yeah. Um, like Assassin's Creed came out a couple of years ago that was, and I found yeah. that to be pretty abysmal. Um, yeah, definitely have been more missed than hits sure. on video game adaptations. And you're right. Super Mario Brothers last uh, kicked off 2023. It was a really big hit. And um, I, I thought it was pretty yeah, good. Yeah. And uh, generally it got good reviews and even got, uh, might even get an Oscar nomination for a best song. <laughs> I mean, there's right. no telling. Right. Maybe animation too. I don't know if it could be in the I running. Mean, animation for, was good. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Super Mario Brothers did kind of shift things a little bit. Um, I think the idea of doing a, a, well, I don't know. Let me get into this story. Sure. But then we weave in the fact that, you know, we have also had things like the Lego movie. And we've, of course, had Barbie that were all right. kind of playing off of. IP. Intellectual. Uh, yeah, intellectual property as well. So this one to me is like a combination of all that wrapped together into a film that I'm really curious about because of the casting choices that they're making. Okay. So how familiar are you with the quote game or video game experience Minecraft? Um, I never played it, but my son was huge into it. Okay. And my children as well. Okay. And just so for anybody who's not aware of Minecraft, it's not really a game. It's a building, a building, building world experience. It's so, like Sim City, except, different yeah you go around you're a you have your own little world that you can build and you do that by chipping away at blocks or adding blocks to things and you build you build your own homes and caves and whatever and you can go and visit other people's places and their lands and like work on each other's stuff anyway it's a cool concept and so even calling it a video game is a little hard to say because there's not really a gamification to it it's a it's a it's experience it's a um, building and even a collaborative social experience for people to play. That being said, as a father who didn't actually do it himself, I'm just, <laughs> this is all what I'm picking up from, from, from the kids. Sure. But they are making a Minecraft movie. Okay. So that on its own, if you just told me that flat out, I'm like, eh, okay. <sighs> I mean, you got to cash in. They've made an angry birds movie <laughs> off of a mobile game. Right. They obviously, you know, did Lego. They did Barbie. They did, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's last year. I mean, just trying to find a gamut of different IP. Right. Or especially ones related to games that they can play with. Sure. But here's Tetris, but that was a documentary. Uh, or yeah, not documentary, yeah, a little different there. How yeah. the game was made. Right. right. So this one, here's, here's, here's where it gets a little interesting. So the director is going to be Jared Hess. Do you remember his name? Is that Napoleon Dynamite? It is. Okay. That is the Napoleon Dynamite guy. Uh, this is all based on an article on Variety, or I'm sorry, on the AV Club. 
And did AB he Club did website. he also do um, Nacho Libre? And I believe like so. A couple, yes, but he's kind of seems like he's maybe been gone for a little gone bit. a little bit. Okay. Um, he did a movie called uh, Gentleman Broncos. Do you yeah, remember it, that? Uh, I did not see it, but it had one of the guys from Fly of the Concords in it. Jermaine Clement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in it. So Jermaine Clement has been cast in the Minecraft movie. Okay. It is going to be filmed in New Zealand. Oh. Uh, Kate McKinnon has also been cast in the Minecraft movie. Okay. So yeah, two, two comedic people choices, kind right? of coming into this. Well, that, um, that, that to me bodes well that it's just in theory, comedy. Maybe. <laughs> uh, supposedly Warner Brothers has had this kicking around on their slate for like 10 years. Wow. It's a okay. long hypothetical video game adaptation that I think, you know, the, the speculation, of course, and according to the AV Club and the article I'm reading is that, yeah, with Super Mario Brothers making a big splash last year, they're like, oh, we got we to gotta jump time, back on time this. It's time to do this. Time to do this. Okay. Uh, so that may be part of the reason. The thing is, is that nobody seems to know what this movie is. And it's going to be an- completely animated. We don't know. Don't know. Actually, okay. I don't. I mean, they're saying it's going to be filmed in New Zealand. So that makes it sound like it's not going to be all animated. It's going to be some live action. I don't know. I could see like an augmented reality type thing where it's like real locations. But then when they build, you put like CGI over the top. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, and I could, you know, previously prior, we kind of talked about this in the last show. Before things like Barbie, Pirates of the Caribbean, the Lego movie, I would have said like a oh, Minecraft movie, rolled my eyes and walked on. Yeah. However, I could see a very Lego movie type slant on Minecraft and how it could work with it all, you know, with the writing. Um, if it's going to well, be yeah, all, you know, anything's possible. That's the, the thing is sure. that, you know, look, I, I, we can, we can be surprised. Yeah. The Lego movie surprised a lot of people with yeah. how. Yeah. Creative it was and entertaining and, and funny, but also good story to it. Yeah, it, it worked. So absolutely anything could happen with this. I'm not writing this off just sure. because, oh, it's Minecraft. They can't make a movie out of that. Well, you know, they they could. They could figure out a way to do it. Right. I'm more curious now that I see that it's it's bringing in a lot of comedic actors. Now that doesn't necessarily mean the movie's gonna be a satirical or a comedy. I mean, it just a lot of times with these kind of movies, you bring in comedic characters to play parts, but sure. the film itself can be a little more, um, a little more straightforward. We will certainly see, uh, Jennifer Coolidge was also cast in the film. Okay. Um, and the other actors that have been named are all relatively unknown. So, okay. so it'll be a little mix of some well-known people and a few that aren't, uh, as far as date goes on this, I don't know what they're planning. I don't see the release date or expected release date. So probably 2025, maybe that far. I out. would assume so because it's just said filming just started this month. Gotcha. So yeah. And I got to imagine there's going to be visual effects of some level with this. Um, so that generally adds a little bit of time to the process as well. So yes, a, a Minecraft movie is on its way uh, to Hollywood we will certainly see how this shapes up. And yeah, not surprising because it seems like it was an IP that kind of was always around. It seems surprising they didn't do it before now, but maybe because they didn't see a good enough idea. But then after Mario Brothers are like, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> so. It does kind of feel like to me that maybe a lot of these movies are, are missing their trend uh, just a little bit time-wise. I mean, but then it's I like, guess that's nostalgia because, you know, my son maybe would, you know, gather a bunch of people to go out and see the Minecraft movie because he it's from his childhood. It could so, be. You know. I mean, Five Nights from yeah. with, at Freddy's did pretty good box office-wise. It was bigger the first weekend or two because all those people, like you said, wanted to go out and experience that from a nostalgic standpoint. Um, I will see. Again, I'm, I'm to the point, look, I don't write any film off just because <laughs> I hear the title or I sure. hear the premise. Sure. Um, once I see a trailer, if the trailer is no good, that's when I can start writing the film off and be like, okay, film, you really have to convince me you're good for me to come see this. Um, cause the trailer in general, obviously is putting the film's best foot forward. So if you see to, that yeah. and you're like, okay, if that's, yeah. if that's the best you got, then I'm not on board. But at this point, just hearing a plot line and hearing the casting, I'm like, we have no idea. Sure. I'm open to anything. This could be one of the greatest film experiences ever made. <laughs> Ever put on the celluloid screen? Who knows? I don't know, but we'll find out. Probably 2025, maybe a spring, summer 2025 might be the release date for this. Okay. Okay. 
So that's one story that I was kind of curious about. Now, the other one, Chris, I wanted to share with you. Yes. Uh, we talked about this film briefly, maybe about a month ago, because a teaser trailer came out for this. And I was very clear with everybody. This teaser trailer is one of the shortest teaser trailers and least descriptive teaser trailers I've ever seen. I think it was only like 15 seconds long. So if you blinked, you missed it. That's right. But okay. it was for a new science fiction, quote, thriller movie starring Adam Sandler, which is not a phrase that I had ever <laughs> uttered sure. before we talked about the teaser a few weeks ago. But yes, this Adam Sandler will be starring in a film for Netflix called Spaceman. And it is not one of his films that he's putting out, like from his production company that he does. Now he has like be, a, no. a deal with them where he does like I can't see Huey how. Halloween and yeah. all those kind of things. Okay. I mean, this one is directed by a Swedish filmmaker, Johan Rennick. Okay. Um, let's see. It's based on a true story. Oh. Although the film, according to uh, firstshowing.net website where I'm reading this, uh, it says that it, it's a based on a true story, a true character, a true person, but the film tells a very different story. Huh. So kind of using it as a basis, but then going off and telling its own story from that person. But we have Adam Sandler. I think I mentioned before, Carrie Mulligan's in this, Paul Dano, uh, Lena Olin and Isabella Rossellini is okay. also in this as wow. well. So Chris, a full trailer has been released for Spaceman. I, I look forward to uh, watching it. I do too. I have not seen it yet. You have not seen it yet. We're going to watch it right here. Again, I'm excited for the film because I am always curious when a comedic actor takes on a very different role. Adam Sandler has taken on some very interesting roles along with his really routine comedic roles. Sure. I mean, and got, I admire him for that. I yeah. mean, you know, Uncut Gems right away is like, okay, that that was a bold move for him as an actor and it worked and I love it. So, And something from a while ago, Punch Drunk Love. Oh, yeah. Punch Drunk so Love was kind of kicked it off for him. That was like yeah. the first non-routine comedy film that he made. So I admire Adam Sandler from that. I'm not a fan of all of his films, but I admire him for taking on these other more unique projects. You intermixed watch with them. Eight Crazy Nights every year at Christmas time. I've never seen that movie. That's the animated one, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I never saw that. But let's uh, check out the film uh, from Netflix. This is the trailer for it. This is the film uh, Spaceman. On behalf of the Eurospace program, 189 days into your solo journey. Commander Prohaska, how are you feeling? What I'm doing is for everyone back home, and that makes me very proud. And your wife, Lenka, of course. I'm sure she's looking forward to having your home safe and sound. He's not doing well. He misses his wife. All right. So that is the trailer for Spaceman. So we we talked about trailers and putting your best foot forward. Alan, how do you feel like, uh, <laughs> you know, are, are you writing this movie off at this point now that oh, no. we've seen a full length trailer? No, no, All no. Right. I'm uh, very, very intrigued, very interested. Um, the film looks good. I mean, just from a trailer standpoint, uh, I don't feel like the trailer gave away too much. I hope not. I know, me too. As my only fear is that always with trailers is a giveaway too much. Sure. I felt like this one gave an you have a basic concept of what might be going on, but yet there's a lot that can be discovered still. So um no, I think this looks great. And again, I I'm Carrie Mulligan's not an actress. I don't think that she doesn't sign on to projects that don't have something good to the to them. She's she seems to be the type of uh, yeah, star that kind of signs onto stuff that she feels there's something right. a kernel there, you know. So she, you know that, and I mean, and again, Adam Sandler when he's doing a non-comedy, broad comedy film, picks really really good projects too. Yeah, I, absolutely, I, I can't really think of a bad film he's done that was not a comedy. Other than I think The Cobbler was that the one. Was that the one he did years ago? Yeah, and I kind of actually seen that one. Yeah. yeah. And I remember that one kind of got skewered a little bit and not being a traditional comedy for him. It was a little more outside of that. It didn't work as well. But most of the films he's done outside of the broad comedies have been really good. So I'm curious. You know, the biggest, <laughs> this is going to sound stupid, um, but the biggest hesitation I had when the trailer started 
because there is this guy who's up in space and it's kind of like a international space station type thing. But although he's up there by himself, it appears my biggest fear at first was going to be that he had an accent mm-hmm. because when, if you Adam Sandler does an accent, usually it's done for oh, like comedic right. yeah, effect. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. I was dreading that because they show him with a beard and they show him up there, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm like, Oh, he's going to have some, like Russian or somebody like that accent. And I'm just going to, that's, that's going to totally ruin this film, even though I don't know how the rest of the film is going to be, but no, he seems to have no accent. I'm like, okay, I breathed a huge sigh of relief. I think the film looks promising and yeah, I think it could be, I think it could be good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, um, speaking of accents, so here's kind of my take on accents and I, I I got, got to give credit to, uh, the blank check podcast that I do listen to um, had this discussion and I just want to echo my thoughts on this with, with accents. Was it coming off Ferrari? Yes. Yeah, it okay. Was. Which we discussed on our previous we show. Did. So, yeah. And they brought up a good point, which I'd like to echo here and give full credit to them for this. The idea was that, you know, when it comes to accents and movies, they need, you need to kind of have it depicted one of a couple different ways. You remember how in the movie, the, the hunt for red October, uh, Sean Connery, Alec Baldwin. Yes. Back, I think, around 89, 90 or so that came out. John DeBont or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And they were all, um, yeah, I don't think it was John DeBont, but no? close. Okay. Uh, oh, Wolfgang Peterson, maybe? Or no. no. Still not him? I don't know. It's I'll get it. I'll come back to it okay. a little bit. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. they're all Russian characters on the submarine. Right. But instead of having Sean Connery and all these actors do Russian and with subtitles the whole time, it's like a couple minutes into the film, you're hearing them talk Russian. And then all of a sudden there's like a visual trick where it kind of zooms in to a close up of an object and comes out and they're speaking English. And the idea is that, okay, look, there's no point in us keeping up a, an accent. You know, they're Russian. Just go with it. Like right. we're all going to talk Except this it. way. Okay. Yeah. And then um, the film Napoleon that we saw, I don't think anybody put on an accent. <laughs> right. Or if right. they did, it was just all over the place. Right. And it's like they just kind of said, you know what? Look, we don't need to remind everybody that these people are French. I was like, they're French. Let's just let them all talk the way they talk and not have to try to put on a fake accent. You just don't, don't bother. Yeah. So I kind of feel that way about it. It's like, you know, I just, I don't think there's a need. If it's a known, uh, a, a known story or a known character and you know that character is from another country or another nationality, I don't, I don't need the accent. It's like, you know, if you don't have an actor playing it that can do that language, right? don't try to force it and don't do an accent. Just let it roll. And we're, we're smart enough as an audience. We get it. Okay. Yeah. I believe Adam Sandler's character based on the book, this is based on and based on the story log line. It's the true story of Jacob Prochaska, who was raised in the Czech countryside. Okay, so he becomes that country's first astronaut. Okay. So I think he's supposed to be okay. Czechoslovakian. Okay. I mean, at least I think even when they introduced him at the beginning, like the woman said his name, right. it was a Czechoslovakian but he, name. He's not deciding to put on this really thick accent, right. think, which I think is good. Just let him well. just okay. let him talk. And we, we know, okay, yeah, he's Czechoslovakian. That's gotcha. where he's from. Okay. We don't need the accent. So they have passed, I guess, the test of accents for the Blank Check podcast in that it doesn't appear. It doesn't appear. Now, okay. they could change the story and be like, he's Czechoslovakian, but he was raised, you know, grew up in America. Gotcha. Kind of got rid of his accent. I don't know, but okay. I I was I'm with you. I was not looking for it. I definitely didn't want to hear a you don't mess with the Zohan right like, accent That's, coming out of Adam Sandler right. to mess up this movie. So right, um, no, it's it's. I do think it's it looks really intriguing. Hmm. Um, trying to get my hopes up. Self self reliance kind of hurt me on that. Uh, getting my hopes up on things. I'm not going to do that again. Spaceman <laughs> still has every opportunity to not be good. Without spoiling anything, because this is an audio podcast, so our listeners did not see the trailer oh. for Spaceman. Um, without commenting, I guess, on specifics, how do you feel about Paul Dano's role? <laughs> well, I mean, anybody who can watch the trailer sees, I mean, Paul Dano's voice is a giant spider, um, a spider in the spaceship. And I'm all about it. So <laughs> okay. I think it sounds good. Okay. I've come around on Paul Dano, I think, in recent months. We've talked about him and. He was not an actor I found very uh, interesting for a good while, but yet some recent performances in, in the last couple of years have turned me around on him. And I think his voice worked really good in this uh, for this character, from what I can tell so far. So sure. I'm on board with it. Paul Dano is another one I don't think is going to sign on to a 
a ridiculous project. So right, it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like he just does projects to do them or you know yeah. to fatten his bank account. It seems like he is very selective. So yeah, and this obviously does not seem to be a a film that Adam Sandler thinks is going to just fatten his pocketbook either. That he's just signed on for for the heck of it. No, it's seems something to be something there. here. So I'm yeah. I'm curious about this film and looking forward to it now. So all right. So that are that's the news items I had to share today, Chris. Minecraft movie coming. We again, I'm not going to make any judgments on that until we know a little bit more. And then March 1st will be when Spaceman, starring Adam Sandler, will be premiering on Netflix. Uh, probably will be one I'm sure you and I will be reviewing right after it comes out. So unless you're let down, like you were by Self Reliance, well, I'm still going to review it. <laughs> okay, gotcha. even if I'm let down, okay, uh, we'll talk Fair about enough. it. Just whether or not I talk positively about it or not, we'll wait and see. Uh, Chris regale us with a recommendation to close out the show. If you could tell us a film that you recommend we ought to check out uh, during our movie watching time in the coming days. Sure. So I'm going to recommend a film. I think it came out last year, but it was actually produced back in 2022. So, you know, it's those dates are kind of funky, but it is uh, Kelly Reichert's showing up and uh, it stars kind of somebody she's collaborated with before uh, Michelle Williams and she, Michelle Williams, plays an artist who's kind of struggling, but she's on the verge of having like a career-changing exhibition at a gallery. And while she's kind of building up to having that exhibition, she's got, you know, chaos with her around her with her job and friends and family. And it's kind of her trying to find her way around all this stuff to be able to get the work done that she needs to to have this exhibition. Um if you're familiar with Kelly Reichert, the director, she makes kind of smaller budget indie quiet films. They don't have, you know, it's just very kind of slice of life almost. And this film falls into that category. What I liked specifically about it was you kind of look at, and I think it's loosely based on maybe where Kelly Reichert, um, works. I think she works as like a film professor at some independent college. You can look it up on Google (laughs) or on Wikipedia, but this place that the film takes place is like a small indie kind of art collective college type place. And you see all these different artists working on all these different mediums and her family, Michelle Williams's character's family kind of, I guess, started this kind of institution, this kind of collective. And so she's working there as an employee, but she's also trying to be an artist herself. She struggles against kind of her father and her mother and her brother, you know, so it's, It's got enough there, but I don't know. Somehow it's just kind of almost like cinematic comfort food because you can tell Mm -hmm. the stakes of this film are not extremely high. You're not Mm going to have, you know, it's just, it's just a very simple, smaller film. And I ended up uh, really liking it. And I'll say too, um, John Majaro plays her brother Mm -hmm. in the film. And, you know, he was in um, past past lives from mm-hmm. this past year as well. He was in, I believe, another Kelly Reichert film, uh, First Cow. First Cow, yep. Um, so, and he's in this, and so, and he his part. It's not a huge part, but the part he plays as being her brother is very important. And I kind of like where the film ends. Um, Hong Chow also has a mm-hmm. has a part in this film as well. So, um, I don't know. I, I liked it. It's currently streaming at least it was for me on hoopla which is that kind of library service where you can watch films for free so um depending on whether or not you can get access to it to your local library you can watch it there otherwise it's like you know streaming you can rent it places so showing up by kelly reichert how do you feel like it compares to so so reichert's last uh, feature-length film was first cal okay how do you how does it compare Okay, well, I mean, just straight off the bat, I guess, you know, First Cow was kind of more of a period piece, mm-hmm. and this is this is present day. Sure. Um, but as far as kind of like pacing, yeah, similar, similar pacing. Um, and I guess that one, I guess First Cow maybe has a kind of more defined arc as far as what the characters are trying to do, and this is a lot more loose. Okay. Um, but I, it, I guess similar in tone, but different time periods because that was a period piece, but otherwise similar in tone. This has a pretty sizable cast. I mentioned Michelle Williams, Hong Chow, John Majaro, Amanda Plummer's in it. Andre 3000 is in it. Judd Hirsch is in it. Mm-hmm. So it has several, you know, kind of stars and stuff, but um, it's still a very simple story and it has some Michelle Williams, which 
you know, I think of Michelle Williams as, you know, movie star woman, you know, very glamorous, but in this film, she's very, you know, she doesn't dress up a lot and she looks, you know, just doesn't really care about a physical appearance and is very kind of, um, standoffish and not very warm. So it's interesting to see her play a character like that. Um, and then the little glimpse of her growing as a person that take place throughout the film. So it's, it's uh, I think it's worth checking out. Okay. So that is showing up. Chris is saying that you might be able to watch it through a library subscription like Hoopla. Or Canopy. I think there's another one that yeah. people use. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one of those services sure. might have access to it, but it's also available for just rental or uh, purchase online from any of the online movie sources as well. So that is showing up. Yeah, that was on my watch list for a year before last and uh, just never got around to seeing it. So glad to hear you gave it a good recommendation on that. That is showing up by Kelly Reichardt starring uh, Michelle Williams. Yes. All right, Chris. Well, I think that wraps it up for today. So uh, self-reliance review in the first part of the show, Minecraft uh, movie discussion, the trailer for Spaceman with Adam Sandler, and then your recommendation of showing up. Lots of things we throw out opinions on and ideas about. So if anyone has any thoughts, feedback, or comments they'd like to make on anything, Chris, how do they get a hold of us? You can send an email to info at footcandle.org. You can follow us on Twitter at Foot Candle Film, Facebook, Foot Candle Film Society, and Instagram and threads, we're just simply Foot Candle Film. Al and I are also on Letterboxd, where we try to track what we're seeing and leave quick takes. Last but not least, do us a favor. If you like the show, consider giving us a star rating, write a review, or share with friends on whatever service you receive your podcasts on, because that could help us reach new listeners. And we would appreciate that. All right. Well, that will wrap it up for today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And we look forward to talking to everybody next time. Take care. See you in the ticket line. Special thanks to Carpal Tuller for the show theme music. For more about Carpal Tuller, visit www.carpaltuller.com. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.